Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. We wanted to continue our series on Christian doctrines, uh, Christian doctrines uh, dealing with some of the major essentials of the faith. In Revelation 22, verse 19, it says, If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. And this particular passage is coupled with Deuteronomy 4 and 2, which uh, closes the bracket uh, in terms of this principle. In Deuteronomy, it reads, Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God uh, there that, that I give you. So, again, do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord, your God, that I give you. So that brackets this principle of not taking away from the Bible what shouldn't be taken away and adding to the Bible what should not be added to the Bible. So, in other words... Uh, the Bible, as we said, it's God's inspiration, it's God breathed, and we don't have the power, we don't have the prerogative to subtract from the Bible and to add to the Bible, right? We can't treat the Bible like your smorgasbord, where uh, you go to the Bible and you say, oh, I like this scripture, but I don't like this scripture. Oh, I like this scripture, but... I really don't like this scripture. We don't have that prerogative. Uh, The Bible, uh, as the Bible says in itself internally, it cuts both ways in Hebrews. It cuts going in and cuts coming out. And there are some things in the Bible that I love to read. And then there's some things in the Bible that I encounter and I have to say, ouch, uh, because it hurts, because it challenges me to change. It challenges me to do things differently. The Bible's telling me that I ought to uh, love my enemies. That's a hard pill to, uh, to swallow. I need to love my enemies, those that are attacking me, those that are talking about me. I still need to love them. Yes, that's the principle. And in the long run, you will be the beneficiary of God's grace by being obedient and stepping out in faith and following the prescriptive lessons that the Bible has to give us. So we have to be authentic as Christians. And part of that authenticity is learning to live by faith rooted in doctrine, rooted in who gave healthy teachings, rooted in this uh, prescriptive principle that God has given us. So we have to really transform our minds and stop living by by other means. 
uh, leaning onto our own understanding that the Bible warns us about. And again, it's not talking about us not utilizing our intellect or utilizing logic, but when our intellect is filtered through faith by the power of the Holy Spirit, there are some things that we assume is true, right? Because we are limited, because we're in this body, because we're finite, we assume it's true. But then God supernaturally is telling us through the power of the Holy Spirit that it's not true. So we, through faith, if we want to be uh, a pleasing sacrifice, if we want to be on righteous footing, we have to step out on faith and agree with God that what he's telling us is true. Thus, we have to yield our original way of thinking and submit through faith what God is telling us to do. And you'll see eventually why God was doing what he wanted to do through you. But God is always right. That's the key. Is God is sovereign. He, he's always right. Uh, I heard something recently, and I thought it was very, very um, uh, accurate in terms of our Christian uh, discernment. As Christian, we have a supernatural discernment, meaning that, uh, in a sense, God has given us insight to things that we would not have gotten outside of Christ. So we're able, and this is the term, we're able to see around the corner. We're able to see around the corner, meaning God gives us supernatural insights. The closer you get to him, the more you read his word, the more you study his word. Then here's the third thing. The more you apply his word, the more he gives you insight into things that you would never seen before outside of the Holy Spirit, outside of being saved, outside of walking closer with him. God gives you insight about things. He gives you insight about people. He gives you insight about business deals. He gives you insights about uh, worship. He gives you insight about ministry. God gives you insights. The closer you walk with him uh, versus the things that we lean on outside of walking with him. So it's very important that we don't add, that we do not subtract from what God has already given us. And once we start uh, doing those things, then there's no standard, there's no canon when we start adding and taking away from what the scripture is saying. And in reality, Really, uh, this concept uh, to disobey it, meaning that to eisegese, and we talked about it before, it's the Greek word, which basically says that we're putting into the scripture what's not there versus exegesing, pulling out of the scripture what's already there. We need to avoid eisegese, which is to put into the scripture what's not there. And then the Bible encourages us to exegese, to pull out of the scripture what's already there. And to be able to exegese appropriately will keep us from disobeying God when he says, do not add and do not subtract from my word. So God is very serious about doctrine. Uh, it's not arbitrary. All Christians have to learn doctrine. 
And following doctrine or knowing doctrine will keep us from the pitfalls of life. It will keep us from heresy. It will keep us from the false teachers. It will keep us from the false preachers. It will keep us from uh, the false authors who claim to be Christians. So we that love God, we have to stand on the fundamental principles of the Bible rooted in sound doctrine. Rooted in sound doctrine. So let's continue our uh, doctrine uh, of the Trinity, which we talked about on the last episode, uh, the doctrine of the Trinity. So the first thing is uh, we talked about the word Trinity, uh, which is Trinitas in Latin, and it basically means the, uh, the triunion of God the triunion of God. And what we're saying is the Bible clearly teaches us there's one God, not three gods, then we will be uh, 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 tritheistic or tritheism. That's not what we're talking about. We serve a monotheistic God, meaning one. God is one. But yet he's revealed himself in three persons. That is the mystery. We have one God, but yet he's revealed himself in three persons. Now, we're not trying to understand how that's possible. That's a mystery. And the definition of a mystery is knowledge that belongs to God alone. Mysteries transcends our ability to apprehend. So we leave mysteries up to God. All we know is through the Bible, it clearly teaches us there's one God, but yet there are three persons. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit, he is God. He's not a it. The Holy Spirit, he is God. So there's one God who's revealed himself in three persons. Both, all three distinct. All three um, have distinct duties, but yet there's one God. Uh, in Genesis one twenty six, it reminds us uh, when the passage says in the Hebrew, "Let uh, let us make man in our own image." Genesis one twenty six, that word for God, uh, and God said, "Let us make man in our image." That word used in Genesis is the Hebrew word Elohim, and that is in the pluralistic sense. So that word God, as we translate in the English and the Hebrew, it has a plurality in meaning. And that makes it accurate because there's Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three are participants in the creation of the universe. So it makes sense for that patch to say, and God said, let us make man in our image. So as we move on, uh, this concept, this doctrine of the Trinity has been misconstrued and misrepresented by cults. So for example, uh, the Jehovah Witnesses teach that um, this doctrine of the Trinity as taught by Christians since the first century is a heretical teaching in their view. Uh, They don't accept the God in three persons in terms of each person of the Godhead being co-equal. 
their interpretation of the Trinity is that the father became the son. Then the son became the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is a lesser God than the father. That's what they teach. Then the Holy Spirit, he is not God at all. He's an active force, sort of like electricity. That's what they teach. This is what the Jehovah Witnesses teach. Again, again, this is heretical. Just because you don't understand something holy doesn't mean you're allowed to fabricate or create another doctrine. And the reason why we're going over this thing, uh, the, 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 these, these uh, teachings or even this episode, rather, is that there are too many people that are being led astray by false doctrine and they are hurting. And you may be saying, oh, what's the big deal? Leave, leave them alone. Well, it's a big deal because God says it's a big deal. He says, whoever adds to his word, whoever subtract to his word, God will deal with them justly. And they will have no part in his uh, divine banquet because we have been led astray and we have misrepresented God himself. So it's important that we go with God rather than man. So this concept of the Trinity, as I said, is a mystery, but yet it's taught in the Bible. Then the other argument is, well, we don't find the word Trinity in the Bible. And I said this during the last episode. We don't find the word Bible in the Bible either, but we do know what it represents. So even if we do not use the word Trinity or Trinitas, the Latin word, if we don't, if we decide not to label this doctrine, label it something else. We can call it God in three persons doctrine. You can call it what, uh, whatever is biblically accurate to call it, but uh, the doctrine is still there. Whether or not you want to use the term Trinity, the doctrine is still taught. God in three persons. Uh, we all sing that song, Blessed Trinity. So hopefully um, that explanation helps a little bit in better understanding this doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, if you have a chance, take a look at the Nicene Creed. It's very important. It's part of classical theism. And you should take a look at it. Uh, Google it, the Nicene Creed. And the Nicene Creed was given birth due to a reaction or response to Arianism and this whole teaching that the son is a lesser God than the father. The early church fathers uh, were used to this heretical teaching, which violates the Trinity. If, If you say Jesus is a lesser God than the father, it violates the doctrine of the Trinity because the doctrine of the Trinity teaches that all three are co-equal. And I'm so thankful that Jesus is fully God because only God can atone for our sins. Not a lesser God, but a full God, the one that created the universe, the one that created everything out of ex nihilo, meaning out of nothing. He created something. So the Trinity is is very important for our Christian faith, and we have to better understand it, and we must be able to articulate it to others. Uh, I used to have uh, this document where it listed over a hundred and something verses that showed uh, inferences to the Trinity in the scriptures. Um, and it, it, it was so well put together. I just can't remember or I, ha- I haven't located it. But 
there are still a lot of scriptures that deals with the Trinity and reinforcement of the Trinity. And if you want more information, please contact us at srministries.org, www.srministries.org, or you can email us at info at srministries.org, and we'll get uh, the document to you that shows you uh, passages and scriptures that reaffirms the doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, It won't be the hundred plus uh, that I can't find, but it will be a handout that should help you in your study. So it's very important that we are able to articulate and to be able to share uh, godly doctrines. Now, as we move on, the other issue that we need to deal with is the resurrection. Uh, Many cults and many aberrant groups have a problem with the resurrection. In the early centuries, the Gnostics, G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S, they had an issue with uh, the resurrection. And their issue stemmed from their belief that everything that's material is evil, that everything that's physical is evil. And now, when if you believe that everything that's physical is evil, then that sets you on a path to warp your theology. And this was the Gnostics. Uh, the Gnostics and the Deemerge. Uh, they believe that uh, Jesus came invisibly and spoke to their group. And as a result, he gave them a new gospel. And this sharing of the gospel included this theology uh, that Jesus did not rise up physically, but spiritually. Why? Because God would not have brought Jesus here physically because all physical things are evil. So it's a circular argument. Uh, all things are, uh, all things physical are evil. Uh, and since God is good and God would not be part of evil, Jesus must have come invisibly, uh, and rose up spiritually. And again, this is heretical teaching. This is what the Gnostics taught. If you read for, uh, Galatians, the first chapter, you'll see Paul's uh, response to heretical teachings. And I'm I'm paraphrasing, but basically, Paul says, whether we or an angel from heaven uh, bring you any other gospel than that you have been taught, let them be accursed. Uh, Read Galatians first uh, first chapter, and that should be our response to uh, heretical teachings or our view uh, and understanding of what, what heresy is. We must refrain from heresy. So the resurrection. And the resurrection goes under the category of not mysteries like the Trinity, but miracles. Miracles. Uh, and I don't have time to really unpack the arguments that the world have against miracles. Uh, that's not what this episode is about. But miracles are given by God for two reasons. Number one, miracles are given by God to authenticate his messenger, like Moses. Uh, God gave Moses uh, prophetic words to authenticate who he is. And as a result, um, God performed miracles through him. He was the messenger. 
And when Moses says something, it came to pass. Then miracles are given by God to authenticate his message. That's the second part or dimensions of why God gives us a miracle. So number one is to authenticate the messenger. Number two is to authenticate the message. And miracles overall are given by God as a signpost to a greater message. So miracles should point us back to God, the one who worked the miracles, the one who performed the miracles. Miracles are not done by God for entertainment. Miracles are performed by God as a signpost to a greater message. Then when the miracle have been wrought, when the miracles have been uh, performed, that's not the end of it. God wants, th- uh, wants them to ask the question, how can this happen? And then that should point you to the miracle worker. And as a miracle worker, God then wants you to develop an intimate relationship. Now that he's gotten your attention, he wants you to come to him. He wants you to develop a relationship so you can start walking with him through Jesus Christ. I hope that makes sense. So the doctrine of the resurrection comes under the terms of miracle. So as we look at it and we see why, Death has defeated all men up to Jesus Christ. That's why Paul could write, oh, death, where's this thing? Uh, oh, where's your grave? Grave, where's your victory? Uh, thanks be to God uh, that he rose up Jesus Christ. And I'm paraphrasing uh, the passage. But that's what we need to do is understand that the resurrection was a miracle, is a miracle. This is the only time in history that death has not been able to conquer a human, uh, 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 somebody that lived. So Jesus, being the only God man that ever tra- uh, traversed this earth, was fully God and fully human. And yet, death could not subdue him. So he died on Friday, resurrected, early Sunday morning. And uh, we as Christendom, we lean on this uh, doctrine of the Trinity. When you get a chance, read 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. So Jesus rose up physically, not spiritually. Jesus uh, was truly dead. He just didn't pass out like the swoon theory surmises. Um, Jesus, through his resurrection and through his ability to rise up on the third day, John 2, 19 through 22, Gave us all hope. And it's that same hope that everybody that's listening now have and we must embrace. If you are already a Christian, continue to think about what Jesus did for you through the resurrection. Not just during Easter. If you're not a Christian, I encourage you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just invite him into your heart and he'll receive you through faith and he'll save you. And then your life will never be the same. So again, these doctrines are important. We must uh, understand fully what the teachings of the Bible are so we can help other people. Our time has expired, and we thank you for listening. 
please continue to be a financial supporter of, of our radio show. And remember to do for the truth what so many others do for a lot. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Hello, hello, Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search Your Daily Bible Verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.